we're lucky enough in this country to have some wonderful racing administrators and this man has uh, jumped into his role and he's hit the ground running here at um, Racing Queensland. He's had to make some tough decisions early on as well in his tenure. And Jason Scott, the CEO, CEO of RQ, joins us here live on the Gold Coast here on Giddy Up. Jason, thanks for having us, mate. Thanks for inviting me, Gareth, Chris. Um, how have you enjoyed the role so far? Look, it's a different role to anything that I've done previously. I've sort of come out of wagering. And yeah. the thing about wagering, you've got a scoreboard every five minutes, ten minutes, half hour, hour. But you to, you know, whether you're winning or losing on the day, whether it be a profit and loss or a, a balance sheet, this is slightly different. It's yeah. uh, The three codes in Queensland also adds a little bit of complexity. Yep. Uh, the different needs for the greyhounds and the harness. But look, I'm enjoying it. And this is my first Magic, Magic Millions in this role. And it's probably, you know, I've, I've been around racing all my life. And I didn't, until I got into this sort of position, realise how many people were involved in the organisation yep. and the almost military-like precision that we need to make sure that these days go off and they will. And full credit to both Magic Minions and the Gold Coast Turf Club for everything that they've done this week. And I think that why you've been able to get into this role, and I, and I love how RQ went down this path, is that you're a dead-set racing lover. Yeah, I'm a tragic. Yeah. So, you know, I've been... Which helps when you're a CEO of a racing organisation. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Look, I've got, it, gives me, it gives me some huge advantages. Yeah. And that I understand, one, what the punters want, because I've been doing that for a long while. And I also understand punter behaviour from the time I spent at Lab Rakes and also when I was in America working in the business. That also means that you also need to ch preconceived ideas that you think you knew has mm. changed. But, um, yeah, I think overall it's an advantage for me. So what's been the biggest surprise that you've taken over that you thought, geez, I didn't know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think that was happening? Uh, probably the, the push and shove for uh, all states, PRAs and clubs for <laughs> race times and yeah. jumping two and three and five minutes late and the push. Yeah. And um, Adam there in there at Sky Channel, I mean, hats off to him. He gets pushed every day. Everyone wants to be at a certain time. Nobody wants to follow Sydney because they always run late yeah. and, and those kind of things. So it's really intriguing. And, and what that actually means for wagering, which is now, certainly in Queensland, it's our only form of revenue. So we've got to maximise that. And you, you know this better than anyone as well, Chris. So, and I spent a little bit of time at Sky Racing as well. Is that, like, I love racing.com and Sky Thoroughbred Central. Channel 7's coverage is, is great. But at the end of the day, the money channel, they call it the money channel, is Sky Racing 1. Yes. And you need to put yourself into a spot there to make sure that you... It doesn't really matter if you get flicked to Sky 2. It's, as long as you're getting the three-minute, four-minute lead-up time where people at the pubs and the clubs are seeing your product and they go, well, Dooman's coming up or Kansas coming up or the Albion Park Dogs are coming up or the Trots. And so the punters get an opportunity to invest. And I guess as a CEO of Racing Queensland, that that's that's the key in a way to because yeah. your turnover can be it can go downhill pretty quickly or it can be pretty healthy if you get the brakes go your way. One thing I do know from my time in Lab Rates, the most hit button on any any bookmaker's website's the next, next to go race. button. Yes, yes. <laughs> so so that you want to be on that next to go in front of the punter's face. You're exactly right. The three minutes leading. It's almost superfluous whether the race is actually shown on Sky One in terms of funding. Obviously, you want to have your your product in front of as many eyeballs as possible. But yeah, it's a, it's a game that we're all playing. And um, as I said, I think Sky Channel do a, re a really good job at managing it. Just on that, um, Jason, do you think it's a concern down the track that because of the the rights and 
there's a lot of TV rights going on with different media organisations and wagering organisations that we don't split up the product too much. I, I think that's exactly right. Like with all, you mentioned it before, with all credit to, to, um, to seven to racing.com, Sky Channel One's where you need to be. Yeah. I think there's a place probably for a premium thoroughbred red station. Yeah. Be it Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth. Uh, just one meeting, just the metro meetings a week at some stage. Um, I'm not sure if we'll get there. I mean, I, Sundays, Sundays there's a proliferation of racing. Mm. It's almost like uh, a roulette table, you know. They just send them round and they send them round again. And, and one of the things we're trying to do there to get clear air is we're going to start a little bit later at the sunny coast and, and line up with Hong Kong and run some twilight meetings yep. to get some clear air at that time. It's important. How important has Channel 7 been with the free-to-air coverage? We've just sort of gone back to the future. I remember that years and years ago. Uh, and we've gone away from it. Now we're back to it on a Saturday. I think anything that brings racing in front of the eyes of new of new people. I mean, one thing that really worries me is where's our next generation of punters? Where's our next generation of, of trainers? Um, it's not racing clearly isn't as mainstream as what it was 40 yeah. years ago, 30 years ago when I was, I was uh, coming through. Uh, and I think people, not just watching racing, but going to the races now, it's an event. And I think people are happy to come and spend three or four hundred dollars and buy a ticket to a restaurant or to dining on a big day. Uh, I'm interested in getting those attendances back, and I think Channel Seven is key for that yep. in bringing us to, to new eyes. We see it with our audience here on Giddy Up. We've probably got a younger generation from 18 to, to 40, and they enjoy a punt. They probably enjoy the same race multi, um, and yeah. they enjoy having a bet on the sport and and multi having a multi and, and having a bet on the UFC into, into Chris Nelson's best bet. Um, how do you find if you get these younger punters betting on sport, do you find that they're coming across to racing eventually? Yeah, we do. Again, going back to my time in wager, we find it goes much better the other way. Yep. Yeah, it's much easier to transition the racing customers into sports customers. Yep. But we do. And, and it starts with the Magic Minions, with the Melbourne Cup, with the Everest. And then hopefully you get them that you might get two bets a week out of it and people people get involved in racing. I mean, I still speak to all of the WSPs right now. It's a challenge. Turnover's a challenge and it makes sense. Cost of living's up. Uh, interest rates have been up. But racing is struggling a little bit more than sport. So how do you do that with the participants, for instance? I think Andrew Jones is having this problem with Victoria at the moment. So you come out of COVID and you're flying and everyone is punting. People have got more money would you believe, during a, a pandemic, but they had Seems enough money to, to buy horses at the Magic Millions and um, racing was the only show that was going on, so people were investing in, in the sport more than ever. But now it's dropped off a little bit and the prize money increases went up during COVID and now you've got to say, oh, woo, woo, woo. we might have to come back a little bit here. And then after everybody's um, been able to compete for terrific prize money, to go and tell them, it's not as rosy as it was, and we do need to tighten the belts. Um, how do you sell that to the participants? I think you're right. Andrew's obviously copped a little public, uh, public pressure about it. You know, I've, I've spoken to clubs. I think the only way to do it is to be straight out and be honest. Yeah. We need to talk to clubs. We need to talk to participants. And people understand. And, and as you said, the way you've sort of passed it out there, COVID, we hit a high that was unnatural. We need to understand what the new normal looks like. And frankly, we're not quite there yet. Racing, you know, we're still seeing a downturn, I think, as rates continue. But we need to find what our new benchmark is and expectations. And then we need to change our spending, whether it be through prize money or whatever else we do. 
dependent upon what we think our, our revenue is going to look like. Although these, uh, some of these bigger races we've now got aren't in Queensland, and I talk of races such as the Everest, etc., do you think they're sustainable? Ten years down the track, do you think those races will still be worth... Because we had a race in America called, I think it was the Pegasus, that went yeah. for a million, and now it's $3 million. It's come way back. Yeah. Do you think that may happen? I think it won't happen to the Everest. The, no. Everest, the Everest has reached a, a stage, and, you know, Peter and the group and they have done a magnificent job in that that is now part of the fabric of the culture of that city. Um, we've sort of seen a little bit of uh, change to the All-Star Mile. Yeah. Um, now, whether New South Wales can can afford to keep going with the five diamonds and, the, you know, we saw the Bondi die and that, um, you know, that, that's not for me to pontificate upon, but I suspect we will see some levelling off. Yeah. You must have been over the moon with the way that the Gold Coast track played there the other day. As a CEO, relieved as well with all of that rain that you had here in Queensland. For it to play as well as it did in its first season of racing, um, I thought was remarkable. And hats off to everybody involved because I, after what happened there at Eagle Farm, I know there were some valuable lessons learnt there. But I thought maybe have they gone too early? Should they had the, the magic millions at Eagle Farm this year and given the, the Gold Coast just a, a little bit of a, a period of time? Um, with the, 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 the grass to grow and to settle um, and then come back and um, go ahead from 2025. But, geez, it played well. Look, there's two parts to the answer. The first thing, we were wrapped with how it played. Yeah. Yeah, so I was nervous because the CEO <laughs> uh, before Brendan Parnell, Elliot Forbes, he effectively lost his job over there yes. at the farm track. So <laughs> I didn't want to come in no. here. Um, <laughs> look, one thing is we've got the right guys in charge there in Navesha and Dani. Yeah. And frankly, this is one of the greatest places in the world to grow grass. Yeah. Hot as anything, humid, and then plenty of rain. But you've still got the nerves. We, we you know, we'd, 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 we'd worked it properly with one horse into, into a couple of horses into trials. We'd had that one meeting. And then when it started raining between race four, you know, as, as you guys know, Chris, particularly Gareth as punters, the worst thing to change the track conditions, rain while they're racing. But although it wasn't strong, it was consistent and persistent. Yeah. But uh, we've wrapped, and again, all credit to the guys at Racing Queensland, the guys at the Gold Coast, and of course B BMD and, and, and the power, Mick and Scott Power, who have have been with us building that. So it's, it's been a, a triumph. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to declare victory just yet. No. But no. we're heading in the right direction. And, and as you said, I think the consistency was the thing. We had the rain during races. As you say, that's yeah. never a good thing. But it, it wasn't the result of that wasn't that horses got away from the fence or they yeah. started moving around. There was fast lanes, slow lanes. We didn't see clods flying all over the place. So that was a major win. No, it wasn't. It's always harder to make ground at a smaller track. So, but we it did is. see that we saw a couple down the outside. I thought did enough to make me think, "Oh no, this is good." I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, hats off to Navesh because he copped a hammering this time last year. Yep. And everybody wants to the the kick the boots in yep. when someone's had a, a bad day, and it didn't go to plan, of course, last year when we had to postpone the race day. But his job has been remarkable, and he, I don't think he's I don't think he's been given enough credit this week. No, I agree. I mean, he's, he's the best in his craft yeah. in Australia. I thought, he did, you know, we've only got to see what he did at Randwick and then and New South Wales and then to come up here under a lot of pressure in the, over the last three and four months. And he's one of the most mild-mannered guys you'll meet. You wouldn't know that he was a slightly concerned. He, I did see him at the polo on Sunday <laughs> and he very proudly showed me the track the next day and he said, you wouldn't even know 100 really? horses had gone over it. So, How is that? How is that? Yeah, happy with the carnival. It continues to get bigger and better. And we had this chat with um, I had this chat with Chris yesterday on, on Giddy Up. I, I, I think always for me anyway that the Stradbroke Carnival will always be the number one carnival in Queensland. Um, but this is perfect. It's got its spot. The Gold Coast own it and it's not only become one of the great racing weeks on the racing calendar but 
um, what Katie Page and Jerry Harvey have been able to produce is that they can transcend this sport by making it into a carnival. It's not just about the races on Saturday or the sales. It's, 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 it's such a big event now. Without a doubt, you mentioned it earlier, you know, with the track of potential moving to Eagle Farm, that really never crossed our mind. Yeah. This, this event is a Gold Coast event that needs to be held down here. And I mentioned military precision, like Katie is the general. She, yeah. she has things and she, her attention to detail is just fantastic. And I, even, I think the quality of the horse flesh, um, you know, I think we've got the two-year-old race, Gay's got the favourite, uh, uh, Karen's got the second favourite, yeah. the three-year-old race, uh, Waller's got the favourite, O'Shea's got one in there. Um, and even in races like the Cup, we've got a couple of up-and-coming Queensland horses, far too easy. And um, well, the other one whose name starts with Z, Chris uh, Zaramore. Zarastro? Zarastro. Yeah. You know, those kind of races, they're, they're a fantastic race. And I think for, for the Brisbane trainers and for those for us to um, be able to put that on, and even the initiative of get, getting Roth, Rothfire into the cutest to yeah. via, via, via the race up at uh, Toowoomba, which, you know, it mightn't have been the strongest race, and it's probably not at the right time of year, and it's something that will... That I'll, that I'll work with the club up there and I don't think you'll see us racing on uh, racing on New Year's Day that race again. I think it works so well here. It's, it's unique. I don't know of any other race meeting in the world where they have this sort of setup with a barrier draw on the beach and, and that's what makes it. This, I don't think this would work anywhere else. No, it's the risks they've taken over the years. You know, the, and I can imagine what it must have been to get through council when you said they said we're going to run horses down the, yeah. down the beach yes. on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> I mean, even forgetting last year's little faux pas um, and, and taking the risk and having the courage to do that. You know, thinking, well, Sunday, well, let's turn it into a polo on an equestrian day yeah. and the scale and the size of, of what we saw on, on Sunday. And, you know, next year we're moving into the Friday night meeting as well, yeah. which, you know, there's, there's pluses and minuses there. I know I've, I spent a few uh, Manicato steaks with Michael Brow watching him look at the <laughs> sky all day with his mouth <laughs> yes. open. So, um, you know, Jerry's told me, well, mate, we've only had one day in 40, 40 yep. years, so I suppose a 40 to 1 chance of rain isn't bad odds. When you look at the turnover... And you're a man that yeah. knows this better than anyone. Do you think we'll have more night racing? Do you think the Magic Millions will eventually be run under lights? I don't think it will. No. I think I think we might get into twilight. Yeah. I think we might see the last finish at 6.30. Yeah. You know, we've got 11 races this week. It, the the first days. is a little bit early for mine. It's breakfast time. And that's that's not just me looking at turnover. I just think it's a lot for the club, um, whether we stay there. We'll move those debut races to the Friday night yeah. next year. Yeah. Um, I think there'll be more night races. But again, the participants in Queensland, we don't have many big stables no. who can afford to have staff to get to the Sunshine yeah. Coast, the Gold Coast, then back up or ride work the next morning. So we're going to be really careful with what we do with night racing. Just on those debut races, will that be something that will be discussed going forward? Because there has been some chatter about lack of two-year-olds early in the season and trainers holding their horses for the debuts. Yeah, look, there's a lot. But if you have a look at it, the debuts, there's only 10 in both. And there's quite a few trainers that aren't Queensland that wouldn't have raced up here yep. anyway. Um, now, the question is, probably a bigger question is, we have more two-year-old racing before Christmas than Sydney and Melbourne. And historically, that's been because we've wanted to give horses a chance to earn prize money to qualify for the millions now. Do we do less racing and have more prize money? Do we, do we decide that we're happy with the amount of two-year-old racing that we have? And that's something we'll dive into and look into. The one thing I am doing is my first year... I don't want to come in and say we'll make changes straight away. We'll just we'll take our time and see where we land. Sure. We don't get too much of an opportunity to chat to the CEO of Racing Queensland no. with Jason Scott on this Tuesday morning. We are live from Surface Paradise ahead of the Barry Draws for the two-year-old Classic and the three-year-old Guineas. We're going to take a quick break. 
Jason's going to stay with us. I've got a few more questions I need to ask the boss, especially a little bit about the harness racing, Greyhound Industries, a few questions coming through on our text messages as well. So don't go anywhere, Gareth Hall. Chris Nelson with you, live from the Gold Coast for the Magic Millions Barrier Draw on uh, the beachfront of Surface Paradise. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with plenty more on Giddy Up. Thor with you, Chris Nelson. We're live on the Gold Coast. We're live on the Gold Coast for the Magic Millions Barrier Draw. That'll be conducted in about 32 minutes' time. So 9 o'clock local time, 10 o'clock in at the east. We're joined by the CEO of Racing Queensland, Jason Scott, who's in his first year as the top man for Racing Queensland. Um, Jason, was the Inter-Dominion a success for the trots? Yeah, I think the Inter-Dominion was a huge success, particularly the final. I think it's not unfair to say both Racing Queensland and the club we've we didn't have a lot of luck with weather in, yeah. the, in the heats. No. And perhaps crowds we would have liked to have seen a lot better. But I think all, for all credit to Brad Steele and Ken Rutherford and the group there that they, they had a couple of thousand people there on, on um, final night. The atmosphere, look, we, get, we had a bit of luck. We ran into Damien Oliver riding his last three winners. Yes. Um, <laughs> but but it had that obviously got the party going. But I think it was a huge success. I'm not sure we got the right time of the year for it. No, it's got to be in there. It's we've got to get the Kiwis. Like, it's 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 frustrates me so much. Harness racing, it just doesn't help itself. The Inter Dominion is the biggest race. Yeah, it is the holy grail for the sport, and I can understand that Victoria and New South Wales want a piece of it as well. But if they don't want to respect the race and they can't run it in the the right time. And they, and they want to say, well, the Miracle Mile's our number one race and the Hunter Cup's our number one race. Well, that's okay. But then give the Inter-Dominion, hand over the keys to, to Racing Queensland and say, let's run in the middle part of the year. Call it the Blacks of Fake Inter-Dominion. So the Blacks of Fake's your grand circuit race, but that prize money can go towards the Inter-Dominion. And, and Blacks of Fake was our greatest Inter-Dominion horse. It just makes sense. And then in the middle part of the year when the horses can be prepared and you can get the best of the best come for our greatest race and it can be worth the prize money can be increased and everyone can get behind it it'll help the games in victoria new south wales and south australia and in new zealand it will make the sport better for anyone but you've got to put your self-interest aside and come together and it frustrates me how they disrespect this race jace yeah i think i think look tradition traditionally it has been our greatest race and yeah it's, it's a novel concept. No, there's no other racing event that I'm aware of that's three heats over two weeks into a final point system. It's worked for years. Look, we've got to get the Kiwis back in. Yeah. Um, speaking to Andrew Kelly for Harness Racing Australia, I, I think we have. I think the next four or five years have been sorted out. Okay. But we need to start looking past that and work out. You know, Queensland will be more than happy to put our hand up and, and run it in the winter. I mean, we know nothing else. Horses do well in Queensland in the winter. Yep. And... Just on that, when I was here last year for the sales, there was talk that Mark Purden, Barry Purden, the biggest Kiwi trainers, wanted to set up base here in Queensland. There was talk some of the biggest trainers in Victoria wanted to come here to Queensland as well because you're building a facility, a training complex that would cater for all of these trainers. And Queensland was going to be clearly the number one state in Australasia or jurisdiction in Australasia. And then I heard you recently say that... Um, you might not be building that new facility and you might be staying at Albion Park. It's certainly our plan to build a new facility, yep. but we need to sort the funding with the government Correct. and we're also in a period where Queensland government's funding an Olympic Games. Yep. Yep. So they need to, we need to work with them to understand whether um, they, Albion Park is superfluous, superfluous for their needs for the Olympics. 
Uh, it's certainly racing Queensland. Everyone in Harness Racing's preference to, to move down to Norwell to this brand new facility. Um, but we've, you know, again, uh, we've had a new premier here as of three or four weeks ago. They're doing a 60-day inquiry into all Olympic venues, and Albion Park is part of that. So this is a, something that's really not a decision of racing Queensland, no. um, and it's something we'll know a lot more of in a couple of months. I don't mind staying at Albion Park oh. if you can do two things at once and, and, and build that, that training complex to allow trainers to relocate and, and help the younger generation also establish themselves in the sport because it's so expensive buying properties because we've seen it in Victoria and New South Wales. If you move out of the CBD, the sport does lose relevance. And Albion Park, a little bit like Gloucester Park, it is, well, you can't buy that location. Exactly because right. it, when you come to Brisbane and you see the trots that are on, yeah. like you're going to go to Albion Park, but if they're an hour out, out of Brisbane, um, then it's difficult to get and people outside of the industry to, to go there. And you've got an iconic hotel right next yeah. door. I mean, it's just a perfect setup. But yeah. yeah, and I think if we were to stay, the Greyhound facility was better at the queue. We've got a lot more room all of a sudden, having to inside yeah. that track, and there, there's things we can do. Yeah. What's your biggest challenge? Uh, my biggest challenge is, is, is probably is probably funding. Well, it's definitely funding. Yeah. Um, you know, racing isn't always part of the mainstream. Um, we've got a couple of challenges at the moment. The, the grandstand at Eagle Farms uh, only got a couple of years to live. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, it's got a, it's got some concrete cancer problems, and you know, the, both the club and I are working with government there to to find a solution. So they're, they're probably the things that you know racing needs to secure. Is, or, is that a possible rebuild completely from the ground up, or would it be like more of a repair? Yeah, I think a repair is probably... The, the engineers' reports that I've seen mean a repair would be cost prohibitive. Yeah. yeah. They're expensive grandstands. <laughs> they are They are expensive, but... but Plus, there's a lot of history in that, yep. in that yeah. grandstand, well, too. I, I wasn't aware until I took this job. That grandstand used to be two storeys, but the top, the top floor came off about 30 years ago, oh, so it potentially perhaps wasn't built as well as it could have been no. 50 or 60 years ago. I know it probably nearly won't happen if you're a betting man, the, roads, the sale of Rotes Hill, but do you think in 20 years' time that we'll have Eagle Farm and Doombin? Not if someone offers me $5 billion. No. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think, and you, you guys know this as racing men, the synergies that a lot of people say, why do you have two tracks across the road? The synergies that the club get in terms of hospitality, you know, if you've raced 25 times a year, it's 25 Saturdays a year, we've well, still got to get someone to cook the food, pull the drinks, beat the security. These people know that they've got a job every Saturday, so yeah. it's easy for employment. The track staff, equipment, all of those kind of things. Um, and if, while you've got one club, we saw it with the ATC that, that it's sort of, I'm not sure where we'll land. Um, yeah. My preference is, unless an obscene amount of money is offered, and it's not up to race in Queensland anyway. The BRC, like Rose Hill, like being owned by the ATC, Dooman's owned by the BRC. If you look at what's happening, Gareth, you'd, you'd be betting on no in 20 years yep. that it won't be there. But I, I think we need to have some really good thought, thinking before we just make a knee-jerk reaction to go. Just on uh, public holiday meetings, are, are you keen to see those in town? Desperately keen to see those Excellent. in town. I, I hate, with no disrespect to some of our smaller tracks, I hate watching on Sky Channel and goes Flemington, Randwick, Ascot, Morpherville, Bow Desert yep. or Gatton. So, yeah, so Australia, Day will be, Australia Day will be in town. I think Anzac Day, I'm not sure some of the so-called smaller public holidays, Easter Monday, I'm not sure we need to. It's not a major racing day now. But we'll see more. Um, I think Boxing Day probably needs to be at a major track or at least if it's sunny coast, I'm more than happy to have it there. But I don't think we had enough prize money there this year to get the right horses. Yep.
Jason, we could speak all day, but we appreciate your time here, mate. Well done with the job that you've done so far. Good luck with all the challenges that you face in the next 12 to 18 months especially. But um, it's great to be here on the Gold Coast for this famous carnival. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to the week. Thank you, gents. Got Thanks, for us. Uh, yeah, right, I'm a big far too easy fan. I think it'll win the cup. All right, mate. There's Jason Scott, the CEO of Racing Queensland. We'll take a quick break. We are live at Surface Paradise for the barrier draw for the two-year-old Classic and the three-year-old Guineas for the Magic Millions. Don't go anywhere. Bag of tips coming up next. The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Time for Bag of Tips. Thanks to Oz Equipment Rentals. Look them up at ozequipment.com and Bet365. Chris Nelson's with us. We've got Mickey Gaddon's done the form for us at Orange and Tari. He's been very busy, Mickey Gaddon. You Every... know what impresses me, Gary? Yes. Your fan club. All yep. ages. All yes. ages you've got fans. Well, you've got the young hoes there. Eddie <laughs> Hody does a wonderful job there leading the team with the Ladbrokes content. And he's brought the kids along. And, away, um, so many young people here, which is great to see. Certainly are. There's a whole mix of uh, yep. different age groups. I mean, this appeals to everybody, every single age group for sure. So, yeah. no, all types, all sizes. It's a great time. Mickey Gannon joins us. Hello to you, Mick. Morning, G Hall. Good to have you back on the airways. And Chris, oh, uh, gee, thanks for all your Morning, Mickey. I was on. Good morning, mate. Chris O's as popular as Taylor Swift. Uh, I tell you what, he, <laughs> I wish. he's got all the punters coming yep. up to him. Wish I had uh, her money. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think he does, to tell you the truth. He flew in by helicopter. Him and Jerry arrived here at Surface Paradise today um, for the barrier draw. But, Mickey, um, how do we make some money at Orange and Taree, two of your favourite venues? Oh, they certainly are, G Hall. Uh, we're going to play a real straight bat. We're going to go Taree, race four, number four. Best uh, Looks very, very well placed here for Chrissy Lee's this three-year-old filly. I think she'll get the job done on 400 metres. You don't get much of a price, G, about $1.70, but we can take a double. We can head straight to Orange once we get the money from Tyree Race 4. We'll go Race 8, number, sorry, Race 7, number 10, desperately. Uh, Robbie Downey takes it right here for John Baker. This one was Fires first up. You're getting around $2.40, G. Jump, lead, win, sort of set up here. Orange, Race 7, number 10, best of the day there, mate. All right there, mate. Have you got a tip for us in the two-year-old classic? Are you all over Storm Boy? Yeah, been all over Storm Boy for quite some time, and I don't think it really matters what barrier we draw, mate. Anything from sort of middle to inside, Storm Boy should get the job done. Good right, judge, Mickey. Hutchie might not have any form analysts left. They'll all be on their, their, <laughs> their, their dream holiday. It looks like everyone's put chips in with Storm Boy. Gambling responsibly, of course. Um, good on you, mate. Thanks for that, mate. Absolute pleasure. Enjoy, lads. There's Mickey Gannon there. Chris Nelson, you've got a tip for us at Rockhampton. I've got a tip for you at Rocky. Enterprise success. Race five, number seven. Yeah. Uh, it's a big price. You get yep. over $20. This horse caught my eye winning its last start at Bow Desert. Sat wide all the way. Did a really good job to win there. And now it shows up at Rocky. Just have something small each way at the price. All right, then. Race five, number seven, Enterprise success. Garrett Torson, handful of the Equine Essentials. Darren Carroll joins us. G'day, Daz. Morning, Gareth. Um, we'll do it tonight. So, yeah, an excellent card there tonight. All right, mate. What are we tipping? Um, so, race one, number three, Wonder Force is the one I like for a start. Um, it's a 14-year-old veteran. Um, but the secret to this horse is when it finds the front, it absolutely flies. So, 
Um, IMAP at leading tonight. Another Sparky um, is the one that's got gate speed on the pole, but over the longer trip, I reckon it'll take a sit. Um, Wonder Force has led twice um, since it's been up in Mildura and trained by uh, Andrew Boswick, who's a uh, now leading leading uh, stable in the area. Um, and it won both times. And it gets Michelle Phillips, who's an absolute gun around this track, and Michelle on a lead is a, a real bonus. So really keen here. Uh, it's about 350 at the moment, so um, probably might even get out a little bit more later on. So it's one I like there, race one, number three. Then I move to race two, um, keen on one each way. Race two, number one, he's a modern boy. I um, think this guy uh, is a nice bet each way. Got good gate speed, expect the lead, will be sitting leaders back. Uh, was having no luck at all from bad draws, and then last start... Um, hit the line really strong but it was just pipped on the line but I think it's really suited so it'll be an each way price and the other one I'm keen on is race 6 number 2 Jackson Beach um, this is, looks a two horse race between him and Sahara Tiger uh, Jackson Beach has only had three runs for Naomi Kerr uh, two wins at Madura really powerful wins and then went and ran in the Echuca Cup um, so it was probably outclassed in the Echuca Cup but ran a super race there uh, Sahara Tiger no doubt um, very well graded, but Jackson Beach will lead. Another one I have to sit park, so it's about $1.90, and I think they'll probably be about $2 the two of them. So they're the three. Race one, number three, Wonder Force. Race two, number one, Who's the Modern Boy. And race six, number two, Jackson Beach. You're a great man. Thanks for that, Daz. Cheers, Gareth. There's Darren at Carol Garrett's Horse and Hound, stocking the largest range at the best prices. Visit horseandhound.com.au. Darren Garrett does a wonderful job. I'll give you a tip. Follow his son, Angus. He's flying at the moment, the trots here in Queensland, really? driving winners for fun, especially around Reckcliffe and Marburg and those type of tracks. Um, Simon Orchard, thedogs.com.au, home of Greyhound Racing. Happy New Year, Simon. Happy New Year to you, G. Great to be back, mate. What are we doing from a punting perspective? How can we make some money in the, the dogs there in New South Wales? Bulleye and Gosford today are the tracks we're targeting. G uh, Bulleye race 11, number two, Boaz. The bookies say it's a race in two between Hyperventilate, the one, and our pick in Boaz. But it's a small field. It's a big track. I want to be with the fastest dog, and that is the track record holder in Boaz. Bulleye, one of the few tracks around the state, Gareth, that really favours the quickest animals. The big, wide, expensive circuit really gives speed machines like Boaz time to to really rock and roll. I reckon his record at the track is impeccable. Four starts, four wins, an average winning margin of over a length. He comes into this contest after a nice run at Dapto on Thursday. He ran sub-17 behind a dog by the name of Rosemary Hustler. That dog's won four of its last five. So race 11, number two, Boaz, the best at full light. And then Gosford tonight, race two, number seven, big as cash. Uh, this dog went around in the Gosford Lightning final last week. It was won by Sicario Beast. I reckon that uh, Greyhound's going to go into bigger and better things. Biggest Cash's final time was six lengths slower than the heat win. Just had no luck at all, so forget about that. Uh, the defeat was his only top two miss in seven starts at the track and trip. He's got the fastest PB in the race, and I reckon he can just tag onto the back of the favourite Blaze Wave, who jumps from the five and burn past it in the back half of the race. Race two, number seven, Biggest Cash, the best bet at Gosford tonight. Good on you, mate. Good luck. There's Simon Orchard there. Thanks to the dogs.com. .au, the home of everything Greyhound Racing in New South Wales. And that is Bag of Tips, thanks to the greatest pub in the Mallee, the Ultima Hotel, Oz Equipment Rental, supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries, ozequipment.com and Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. We'll take a break. We'll come back with the Midweek Masterclass straight after this. we
on Giddy Up. It's now time for the Midweek Masterclass. Class, uh, we all know about the Midweek Masterclass. This is the time when we try and find you some winners for tomorrow's Metro Gallants meetings on a Wednesday afternoon and some early value with the markets. Mitchie Lewis joins us now to preview Sandown and Port Lincoln. Good morning, Mitch. Morning, Gareth, and morning to Chris. Oh, if you're still down the line there. Yes, Chris is here as well, mate. Take it away with your bets at Sandown and Port Lincoln. We'll kick off with Sandown. Got a couple at value at Sandown that I'm uh, reasonably keen on at this stage. I'm expecting them to firm in a little bit. So the first one comes in race three. I'm with number three, Arctic Fairy. So Frosty's in the saddle here. This horse is second up today. I thought she was okay first up, but last prep second up. She ran a very, very nice race to win at Flemington over the 1,000 metres. It was a career peak for her. And previous to that, her other second up run was good. So I'm expecting her to peak here. She's only lightly raced. I think she'll get a good run from barrier six. So Arctic Fairy, I think, is a pretty good play for us in race three. All right, then. What else have you got for us, mate? If we go to race seven, the other one that I'm reasonably keen on at this stage is number seven, Awash. So this horse... I think it was back in October, broke its maiden on the synthetic at Pakenham, uh, won two races after that, and then it stepped up in grade going to Caulfield in Mooney Valley. It was close when it ran second last start at Mooney Valley, dropping in grade down today. On a, I think it'll appreciate the stand down straight a wash, I think, and Celine in the saddle. I like the setup for a wash here today. I think it can bounce back. It's a horse in form, so I'm expecting him to be able to continue that. All right, beautiful. Is that the only two bets that you got there at Sandown or you got another one for us before we have a look at Port Lincoln? I might save them another one for tomorrow. There's a few that I like there at Sandown but they're the two that I've identified I think are over yep. the odds at this stage. The other two I think are about their price so I'll just wait and see what the market wants to do with them tomorrow. Alright mate, what about at Port Lincoln? Yeah, so Port Lincoln again just a reminder for the punters, I don't have any of the uh, odds yet. So what we're looking for is the horse that I think is going to be the best to be able to back early. And the one that I've identified is race seven, number four, Atira for Garrett Lynch. So this horse was a last start winner at Narracourt and I guess that could be how what you determine as a last start winner. It was the horse I don't know if you remember, Gareth, there was the guy that ran down the outside to try and beat the horse that day at Narracourt. Did you see the footage of that? Yes, I remember. Yes. Yes. Yes, so that was, this is the horse that won that race. So if you had a look at the race itself and didn't get distracted by the man on the outside, the horse won. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, was that Miles Fitzner? That was Miles Fitzner, wasn't it? <laughs> I saw that. Uh, no, uh, he'd do anything to get any, uh, to, to, to get the attention. The yeah, he did. <laughs> I'll give a little shout out. It was actually my cousin, Nick. Uh, it was his buck show. So <laughs> I bet you he's <laughs> over, the, over the moon now for you revealing that. No, no, no. I think he's pretty pretty happy there. He, he's out of it and won the race, but we need a judge to be able to straighten it up, I think. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but shout out to Nick. He did a good effort there that day. So We'll have um, to get him on the show tomorrow because he's. Uh, I think we need just to, to have a chat to him and um, ask him what inspired him to do that because he has become a bit of a cult hero around the country these days. If you want to line that up, let me know and I'll be able to sort it out for sure. But back on to... Back onto the straight and narrow, uh, we'll run out of time, Gareth. Atira, so it was a very good win, that horse. She's a mare in form. Um, like I said, she won hands and heels. So what she's going to do today, she's going to be up on the speed at Port Lincoln. Rochelle Milne's in the saddle, takes two kilos off. So Atira's only going to have 52 kilos. I think she's going to bowl out in front and take control of the race. 
and she's just in such super form. I think she'll be pretty hard to catch if she does get her own way out in front. All right, mate. Great stuff. Catch up with you tomorrow, Mitchie. Thanks, mate. Sounds good. Have a good day, guys. There we Thanks, go. Did you give yeah. take up a managerial role now, Mitchie? Gra- groundbreaking. That's groundbreaking news. That, that, <laughs> Did... that, as Tags would say, that imbecile, but he's now <laughs> Mitchie Lewis's cousin. I thought he was quite entertaining. So he was the man that was, yes. during a festive meeting there at Narrow Court, you could see him running, trying to take on the horses, and then there Top was... Yeah, the fence or something, fence, or a chair. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then he tried to jump over the fence. Yeah. And came. Did, did you see the guy at the cricket the other night who yeah. went for the catch behind the side screen yes, and yeah. just went flying yeah. over all the seats? <laughs> he forgot that there were seats there. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Mark Roden wouldn't have done anything like that in his no, time. of course not. And he joins <laughs> us now. G'day, Mark. G'day, Gareth. Uh, Happy New Year and all of that Happy too. New- Happy New Year, mate. Um, do you have a winner for us at uh, Warwick Farm tomorrow? couple of races of interest, uh, Gareth, starting in race two. Three-year-old Colton Geldings Maiden over 1,400. I'm pretty strongly with the favourite here, number six, Listen to Zoo. Um, he appeared first up on Boxing Day, and he was a bell-beaten third, but he's chased two pretty smart um, debutantes they were that day, Franz Joseph and Pure Alpha, who really cleared out. And Listen to Zoo uh, chased them into third and beat the others really convincingly. It was about four lengths in front of the rest of the field himself. So it wasn't, wasn't a bad performance at all. I don't think there's anything of the calibre of those two that treat him in this race tomorrow. Uh, and also, he appeared first up there on Boxing Day over 1,400, stays at 1,400, but that, you know, his fitness might have given out a little bit too. So I think it's, he just picks a few boxes uh, here, plus he gets natural will. Right? He'll be fairly handy enough from Barrier 5. I'm struggling to find a second pick. Uh, the Magic Shadow is OK at Beaumont, but this is a... I, I don't think it's that form line's anywhere near as strong as Listen to Zoo, so I think it uh, probably should be shorter than the um, $3 currently available. All right then, mate. What else have you got for us? Uh, over to race six. This is a pretty open race. Um, about five-ish dollars the field. A few of these, I think, uh, at or near their ceilings in their careers. I found one which I think has a bit of upside in number nine, Little Quantro. Uh, Joe Pride, trained horse, who was unbeaten in two runs this prep. Uh, just like the way it's attacked the line uh, in both of those wins. Um, not 100% sure it's got round wine that well, but it's still strong enough late to get the job done. Uh, blinkers go on here, which I think will assist it, seeing it did wander around a bit last time too. And as I say, with the possible exception of the 11 World Alliance, most of these aren't really going uh, places, in my opinion. This is the one that does seem to have a little bit of upside. Joe Pryor, his home track too, was always a pick. Uh, at around 6.50, probably on an each-way basis, looks a pretty good bet to me. All right, mate. Um, the Magic Millions two-year-old classic barrier draw underway as we speak. Do you have an opinion there? Uh Stormboy looks uh, very hard to beat. I haven't, I haven't seen the barriers, obviously, but uh, it's the pick of them on my ratings anyway. All right, then. I think everybody else better start now. Um, <laughs> yeah, Stormboy sounds I mean, like you'll still catch them. <laughs> yep. Wolfgang's just drawn barrier number two. He needs a dry track. Spywire, perfect for him. He's just drawn barrier number 12 for Spywire. Good on you, Mark. Thanks, mate. No worries at all, go fight. There's, there's Mark Roden there. Chris, oh, what about Doombin tomorrow? Uh, I'm going with race one, number eight, Taranaki, who looks close to a win, up to 20, or 2,040 metres. Yep. And one I tipped last start of Tony Gollins, race seven, number four, free carry. Led, folded, I think back to 1,600 metres, a lot harder to beat. So um, certainly free carry. But I will confirm those tomorrow morning when I can get my teeth stuck into the form a little bit more. I don't know if James Cummings will join us now. Parkour is drawn barrier number 17. Oh, no. It's only a bad barrier or a good barrier until after the race, but 
Um, Jamie Carr will need a little bit of pace on, you would imagine. Well, they rode that horse from last, last yeah. start so when it, it won. Really, so, But yeah. it's got a lot more horses to get past yeah. this time. Um, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. The barrier draw underway for the Magic Millions two-year-old classic. We'll have that barrier draw for you straight after the break. This is Giddy Up live from Surface Paradise for the Magic Millions Carnival. And we're here for the barrier draws for the two feature races on Saturday, the two-year-old classic and the three-year-old guineas. It's going to be a busy last hour here on Giddy Up. We're live from the Gold Coast at Surface Paradise for the barrier draws for the two-year-old classic and the three-year-old guineas. We're halfway through the two-year-old classic barrier draw. And Chriso, yep. I can report that Storm Boy has drawn barrier number 10. Well, you know what, Gareth? I yep. don't mind at this stage. It all depends on the likes of Mashani Aloha. It's drawn out wide. Mashani Ego. Oh, Mashani uh, Aloha's drawn barrier 8 or 9. Okay, what about Mashani Ego? It's drawn outside of Storm Good. Boy. And Arabian Summer? Um, I haven't seen Arabian Summer yet. I, I had a chat to Calvin McAvoy. What barrier draw do you want, Calvin? He said barrier number 4. Oh, well, he, um, I haven't seen her just yet. Parkour was barrier 17. He'll get back. He'll That's get the back Godolphin anyway. Extreme Choice Cult. So Spywise barrier 12. Which is great for Storm Boy fans. And there was a big roar. One of the other Mashani horses. Here we go. Express. The, yeah, I know Mashani Hercules has drawn barrier one. <laughs> Highness barrier four. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. So... Yeah, what's barrier nine there, Jacko? Arabian Summer. Arabian uh -huh. Summer, barrier nine. So basically, there's the big gun. So uh, an early look at the barrier draw, Chriso. Well, Storm Boy's got um, maybe Arabian Summer uh, to get by, but they rode her off speed last Saturday, so did, probably yep. not. Uh, Mashani Aloha and Mashani Ego. Mashani Ego's drawn out, so really only Mashani Aloha. They might push up maybe with Mashani Hercules. I think this is okay, fine. I do think, though, Highness looks a nice draw. Yeah. It did get back, and it was a little bit green, wasn't he, there at Wyong the other day? But Wyong is a different track to say what he'll see at the, the Gold Coast on Saturday. And he, he was a funny old run. That was the, the controversial race with Spywire, and um, whether you thought that Tyler stopped riding yep. or not. Um, he was defeated by Highness, who looked 100 to 1 as they swung for home. Yeah. And right. then he jumped out of the ground. Now, did he jump out of the ground? Or did or the other one stop? stop? Yeah. Look, the we time out of that race wasn't strong. No. And it suggests the other one stopped. Yep. Yep. And I think Spywire does stop. And I think he'll stop on Saturday. Yeah. And Highness, like, he was off the bit too early for mine. In a race like that, then when there's going to be some high pressure. Um, it was only a small field, so Tommy Berry had a little bit of time to get busy and and change his hands with the whip, and that horse responded under the riding of Tommy. But if he's amongst a big field trying to weave his way through, um, it's difficult to get busy, change the hand, and, and get that horse to finish off. So yeah. I'd take Highness on. Yeah, look, I can take all of them on. Yeah. That's the only one I haven't exactly said of, of declaring to take on because I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. Four weeks or so between runs. He was an expensive cold at last yeah. year's sale. The others on form, I, I'm sure you can disregard. Yeah. Quite confidently. So the market will be up shortly with Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. What price do you think you'll be when the market is reframed by the, the, the traders? It was around 280 with Bet365. 260. Yeah. That's a good bet, it sounds like. I what, think so. You're rating him, what, $2? Oh, nah, probably about 220 something like yeah. that.
So that's still value, even though that, that's yeah. short for a Magic Millions two-year-old classic 260. You're suggesting is that much better than the rest? But I might shorten that up before the end of the week. Yes, yes. I think, I think everybody listening to Giddy Up have invested <laughs> on Storm Boy. And I, no other horse has been given a chance. Every expert that we've had a chat to, from Mickey Gannon to Mark Roden to yourself today, are really keen on Storm Carrying Boy. a lot of weight, Gareth. A yep. lot of weight. It was great to see that Sydney Bowler got a start in the three-year-old guineas because John O'Shea, when we had a chat to him yesterday, he was a little nervous that, geez, a few of the horses that won the maiden race there on Saturday might have surpassed him up the order. But um, it's good to see him that he's got a start. Now he's the favourite. I think he's going to be hard to beat. That's like $6 the field, that race. It's, yeah. it's a very, very open race, and the barrier draws will be all important coming up. Sydney Bowler, he's unbeaten. Look, he's, he's trending in the right direction. There's no doubt about that. He keeps improving with every run, but, but he's, uh, he's, he's winning benchmark 78s, etc. So, I mean, he's, he's got to probably take it to another a level. Yeah. Um, oh, got, got a roughie in there, Gareth. I hope he gets a start. Yeah. And that is uh, Show Me Mercy from Stuart Kendrick Stable. First emergency. He didn't go a yard on the, uh, the wet track in the Vaux Rogue. But he was very good in the gold edition. Manny Walsh just walked past he the did. racing manager from Racing Victoria. So I think it's, is it the three-year-old guineas that it's, or is another race that if you win, you're into the all-star mile? I think it's the three-year-old guineas. Yeah, I think it is the three-year-old guineas. Yes. And you see that it's already working for New Zealand because you've got a horse like um, Holly Manns that'll be heading to New Zealand for that four-year-old million-dollar race. If you win that race, you're into the all-star mile as well. So... I don't mind the concept that Racing Victoria, they changed it up from the voting system. There's a few yes. more wild cards and a few more races that they've teamed up with that if you win that, that particular race that you get into the All-Star Mile. Um, there's a few other, like I'd like to see the Railway Stakes, for instance, in Perth, get that free ticket into the race. So I think, I think it's working. It'll be interesting to see how that All-Star Mile plays out this year um, for Racing Victoria. Yeah, well, the changes are good. They seem to be positive. Yeah. And we're getting a lot of more of these races where if you win, you're in something else. Yeah. I, I like that. And I you just spoke about New Zealand too. There's a couple of big races coming up at Caraca. Correct. And we've got one of a local. Yes. Bo Dazzler heading there for Tony and Maddie Sears, who was very good on Saturday behind Spywire. Yes, you're all over that, Galloper. It yeah. was the worst feeling ready in history, and I put a pen through all oh, those horses. I agree, but something had to win it. Yep, and then Bo Dazzler did what he did there the other day. He was through the line. He was passed by yep. wire in 15 metres. There's some nice horses in New Zealand. Yes. Tiako Racing, we all know how, yeah. how strong they are. They've got a couple of nice babies, and there's a, there's a few others there that um, will be interesting to see how they go. J-Mac's been booked. Jamie Carr's been booked. Um, Blake Shin will be there as well. He's riding Molly Bloom in that three-year-old Caraca race as well. So, um, yeah, that's going to be some race day. There. When is that? It's on the end of January, the last Saturday in January. We might take the news, then come back and have a look at the three-year-old guineas. Lucy Yeomans isn't far away. Of course, she's got Wolfgang along with Lloyd Kennewell in this year's two-year-old classic. He wants a dry track. And the way that that track drained there the other day, he might get it. He they are predicting, I think it was up to 15 mils possible on race day. Okay. But you don't want that. No, no. But um, who knows? Yeah. Who knows with the Weather Bureau? They told us it was going to be one of the hottest summers <laughs> of all time. There'd be no rain. <laughs> and we're thinking of everybody in Victoria and Central Victoria yeah, as well. Yeah, that's um, heavy rain down people there. People around the Seymour region. Um, yeah, they, they had a lot of rain last year as well. So we feel for them and we're wishing everybody the best in, in country Victoria um, where there's so much rain around. So... Yeah, it hasn't stopped raining and, this summer. And locally, I mean, what time did you get here yesterday? Mid-afternoon, uh, mid, mid it never stopped raining. When well, yeah, and look, inland, some places inland had 100 mils of rain yesterday, yeah. and that's just off the coast. Yeah. 
Phenomenal. Yeah, it's a funny old world that we're living in these days, Chris. It's funnier every day, Gareth. Let's take the news. Welcome back to Giddy Up. We're live on Surface Paradise for the Barry Draws, for the two-year-old classic. He should be on the payroll. He's a great friend of ours here on Giddy Up, the one and the only James Cummings. James, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Gareth. Yeah, I hope uh, all the best to you and to yours. Yeah. Um, the driver didn't make the trip. The driver's like uh, Clark Gable at the <laughs> yeah. moment. He's just enjoying the open road on the coast. Yes. And, uh, and he's, uh, he's stayed away from the racing stable. He'll be listening this morning as well. Although he's been spotted out at, been spotted out at Richmond and, yep. uh, and, and, and the, uh, the, the hallowed gallops at Hawkesbury. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my brother must be going well if, yes. he, if, he's, if he's getting chauffeured to <laughs> the track at Hawkesbury. <laughs> Edward, uh, I tell you what, he makes the most of the opportunities to use his brother's account while he's away. <laughs> 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 hey, I tell you what, before we have a chat about parkour, geez, I was impressed about Shaken. Yeah, she's a oh, look. She's, she's a, quick. She's a really promising filly that's yep. taken a little bit of time for us to iron out some vices, but she's on. She's uh, well and truly on her way now. Uh, returned off a off a good. Good break to be uh, two out of two this prep. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have been any more impressive in the midweeks resuming on that wet track, but made the transition to a dry track on the weekend. And with that big pedigree behind her, uh, this earth earthquake filly is, yes. uh, is certainly heading in the right direction. And the recently, uh, the recently uh, renamed uh, Kevin Hayes Stakes, yes. which was the Baronia Stakes originally, now the Peter Legrand, the Senate Peter Legrand. Now tell me about. I Senate. learned something tell me every about day. Tell yeah. me about Senate because did Peter Legrand do thirty-three years with Sen, or at least on the radio? Yes, he did. Yes, yep. he did. Yeah, yep. broadcaster. Yeah, famous broadcaster. You've got big shoes to fill. Yes. Was he a football commentator? Yeah, he was. Yep. And he, I like he gets on social media and gives a, few, a little bit of free advice to the, the commentators <laughs> going around these so, days. So is Senate the the company name for Sen? No, Sports Entertainment Network. Oh, yep. that's yep. that's why the ET on the yep. end. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm with you. Thank you. Um, that that clarifi clarified something for me that I couldn't quite understand. Yes, there you go. Well, <laughs> just wish Shaken all right. She had that setback last preparation. Is it difficult? Like, just talk us through the process as a trainer to make sure that doesn't happen again. It's like sometimes it's out of your hands, but can you prepare her to look after her to hopefully um, make sure that she she she's performing and... and Internally, she's okay. Well, I suppose with you know, as as, as, tra as a trainer and uh, with with our with our uh, a team of staff and our management structure, we're making thousands of decisions on horses, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, throughout their preparations, and you know, hundreds of decisions a week. And you know, you do make different decisions based on which horse comes to us and what we're dealing with. Uh, so, to answer your question, yes, we we do we do make um, alterations, but. Just minor ones here and there that all make a difference in the in in the long run, and uh, and of course, we we use the most underutilized uh, um, uh, commodity in horse racing, which is patience. Yes, and yep. uh, and we've been patient with her. We've ironed out some things she was doing wrong as a young filly, and uh, and that all helps her to you know, regulate her energy distribution and, uh, and, and and get her to get her into a rhythm because there are 10 races at uh, at Ramwick yep. on a Saturday at, or at Rose Hill in, in, in the Sydney metropolitan area and now there are 10 races in the Melbourne metropolitan area and nearly every winner gets into a good rhythm don't they can I ask you about another one of your horses James contemporary 
Uh, I'd been watching this horse for quite some time. Kept running on at the end of 1,200 metres. I was just waiting for this horse to get to 14. But you kept putting him in over 1,200 metres. And I think he did accept for a 1,400 metre race a couple of weeks ago. But you chose the 1,200 again and he won. Was there a reason you didn't go to 1,400 metres? Well, you're onto something there because there was great... Uh there was, there was a great amount of thought that was put into whether or not we would test that horse over further. And, you know, it would be easy. It, 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 would, it was sort of put forward that the horse would be able to be closer in the races and, you know, he would, he would not have quite so much to do in the finish and he might be able to win one of those 1,400-metre races that we did enter him into. Yep. And yet I just felt like on the balance of it all, the horse was happy sprinting from off the speed and... I have seen before that we step those horses up in distance to, to no avail. They, they just don't sprint as well when they, they, they as Karen McAvoy puts it, they level out late. Yep. And, uh, and, and there's a clear indication there that some horses just like to be well off the speed and, uh, and chase hard over the distance they're happy with. We, uh, we stuck solid with that and uh, we were rewarded at the end of his preparation you were. With, a, with, a, with a pretty exciting finish and a, and a, and a terrific win to head off to the paddock with after, uh, after five runs that prep. And that's why you've trained a few more winners than I have. <laughs> well, look, we don't get it, all, we don't get it right all yes. the time. You know, I, even the best trainers, they're, they're getting beaten at least 80% yes. of the time. And, uh, and, and, and so you've got to learn to, you've got to, learn to deal, with the, deal with the wins and the losses equally and, uh, and, and yet keep learning from them and, uh, and have faith in your judgment on your horses. And that, in the long run, does, you know, that, yeah. that, 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 is, that is the right approach, in my opinion. Park or barrier 17, James? Your well, thoughts? Well, well, it'll be barrier 16. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, it's getting better all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only sort a bad of. barrier after the race, but he gets back anyway. Well, I sat here, and I sat here and I asked you what the track was rated, and you guys, <laughs> you guys were happy to inform me that it was a heavy nine. Yes. <laughs> you Eventually. Friends it drain, it drain, <laughs> this new track drains as well as your hair these yeah. days. <laughs> <laughs> so a heavy nine and uh, 33 mils of rain uh, in the last 24 hours. It was after I, after I worked Tamerlane on the track yesterday morning, yep. it just really, really bucketed down for two hours straight. And, did have plenty of rain yesterday, but uh, but this track's draining beautifully. Is but there's um, it, you know there's the, the, there's there's like 65 mil pipes underneath there. Yeah. They've got the they've got the drainage in the inside that's all washing away to the storm storm you know the storm waterways and uh, and and that there's no doubt that with the four degrees of camber on the turn, the two and a half degrees of camber everywhere else, that the track's just brand new, draining, going to drain well. It's, yeah. it's proven already with two meetings back on a dry track. It was it was winners came from everywhere. On that um, showery day on Saturday, it remained a good four throughout, and uh, and we just got to we just got to hope that it, you know that well. I mean, I think Navesh Ramdani knows what he's doing, mm. and they've and they've uh, they've invested quite wisely in the track, and I think that that will pay dividends given the weather we've had. But um, as as far as parkour's barrier goes, I guess that's all relevant to make the point that it's not obvious that the inside will be a bad place to be, you know, considering those things. But um, but otherwise, if the race is run truly and perhaps a little faster than the leaders would like, then, then he, you know, he's going to at least have the opportunity to sit, settle many lengths off the lead and be steaming home late. How good is he? Well, I don't think that the horse has shown us everything yet. He's certainly not training like a... He's, he's certainly not training like a group one sprinter just at this point in time. But he does wake up on race day. He loves the competition and the pressure of a, of a horse race. And, and he got home beautifully over five furlongs, which was far too short for the horse on debut at Ballarat behind Arabian Summer. Mm. I thought she was outstanding on the weekend. It was a, it was a, 
it was a worry to see her win so well with a two kilo penalty and uh, and goes into this race with experience on the seven day backup seen the track looked great on the track and uh, and she's by two darn hot stallion with a big pedigree who's uh, who's mm. i just think is going to get better and better as his horses mature um, and as far as parkour goes, he's got form behind her. He's franked that form. That the, the second and third horse behind, her, he, you know, he was second behind her at, at Ballarat, the, and the third horse uh, between the two of them, they they ran the Quinella at Ramwick a, fort, a fortnight ago, over six furlongs. He looked good over six, didn't he? he was it given? He, he was given more opportunity to travel and balance up and find, you know, f find his feet. Mm. Um, and uh, and and that's that's what that's what I think is going to be important for parkour. Is if this is a good test. And the horse that looks like he's going to be a, uh, effective over seven furlongs might be able to come to the fore in the concluding stages. It reminds me a little bit like you on the golf course. I watched you in the practice. Very ordinary, James. But yep. the money came out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Geez, you performed well. Like the blinkers <laughs> went on. Well, well, uh, Harvey Pennick says if you yeah. practice, if you if you warm up badly, yeah. you just got to tell yeah. yourself you're saving your good <laughs> so, shots for the round. I, you know what? I love a horse that just doesn't show you too much at home and then on game day says all right then James this is this is what I'm here for well I think that's a, a quality of the breed and uh, he's the first extreme choice that we've had through the stables and Henry yes. Field promises me that they've all got he, we, we brought all these yearlings out to look at and uh, we wandered through wandered through uh, Newgate in the afternoon and Henry said you you uh, Henry said to the team of us yes he said, you half dozen, you all look a bit tired. You look a bit downtrodden. And he said, why don't I give you a Slurpee? Yes. I've got some Slurpees here. I'll give you all Slurpees. So he gave us all Slurpees. He said, you need something to like pump yourselves up a bit while you're looking at my yearlings. Yeah. He's a great salesman. He said, yes. the thing about these extreme choices is they all have wonderful temperaments. Every last one of them, bang, bang, bang. They all just are casual. And that's, that's the way they train. Yes. That's the way they are in the stables. And that's the way they are, that they are as parading. No sooner did he say it. Then this extreme, the extreme choice cult whipped around and nearly bowled all of us over. And everyone in the Daly operation, everyone in the Godolphin operation, it was every man for himself. Yeah. Jason Walsh said, did you see much teamwork there, Henry? And he said, it was every man yes. for himself, I promise you. Jason Walsh got out of second gear. <laughs> Unbelievable. He was pretty quick. Yes. He's a good, criti good cricketer. Yeah, He'd be pretty he? good in the slips off yeah. what I saw during the week. Um, ja so, James, hardest you think to beat in the race on Saturday? Horse to beat. I think uh, I, I just I'm amazed that Arabian Summer was $11 last week and still $9 yep. after she won with a two kilo penalty and looks so impressive. She's so experienced and uh, and and uh, look, Calvin's looking like he's got a glint in his eye this week. He's, don't you think he's he's been in? I don't know well, who's he's training him. He's at the gym. He's running. He's got Hamish, a beautiful girlfriend. Hamish no. McLaughlin said he didn't sleep last <laughs> night. Yeah. He's Harry, so Harry Coffey. I like you should use Harry, Harry Coffey a little bit, I think, in the Right and beautiful. Yeah, the boy so, from the Mallee. So there so there's there's a name and she, she yep. looks she's by two darn hot. So that's um you know, that's uh, that'd be some sweet sorrow if she was to knock us off in the race. Well Tony McAvoy's saying that she's not quite um, sunlight, but she's not far off. That's yeah. a pretty good rap. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and she found her way into book two last year, so we didn't yeah. even get the opportunity to see her. Um, Tamalay, happy with. Um, well, I mean, we did, but we, you know, we, yeah. we, we were on we were on flights home. Unfortunately, we didn't. We, it was a good, it was a good it was a good uh, good reward for those with patience Correct. to hang around for book yeah. two. I shouldn't say we didn't get the chance. Of course, we did. Um, before we let you go, Tamalay. Tamalay's really flying that horse. You, you know, you know the horse. He was the triple threat in Melbourne during the spring. He came down. He was he was running in the Paris Lane with Damien Lane. Yep. 
and he and, got the job done. And Tamerlane, Tamerlane yep. held them off late. Uh, so uh, he's you he, love that, don't you? Jimmy? He, oh, yeah. just never, I'll never forget that as long as I live. I reckon <laughs> that may just make the book. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the book. Uh, our our great mate, the driver, of course. He had. Um, I don't know if he invested, but maybe space walk down the straight. <laughs> down the straight. <laughs> he, he got it all right. He, he, had a, he, 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 he did it perfectly. And I think he might not be driving for you if space walk got the job done, but Najim Zahil kicked back. Well, it's funny you say, it's funny you talk about investment because um, before Christmas, he has a habit of pulling the, um, pulling the kitty out of the tab account. Yes. And, uh, and as he's pulled the, the, the timing's am- amazing because as he's been pulling all of his winnings out of his tab account, he hasn't worked for me for about <laughs> nine weeks. <laughs> so, so you, you think he might be going all right on the he, tipping of the show. Imagine how good the account must have looked. He, he's as popular as like, he, he's, he's so popular with Giddy Up. Giddy Up wouldn't be surviving without the driver in the mail and the... Um, um, we're looking forward to another big year from the driver, by the way. But, James, we'll let you go. It's always great to have you on the right, show. Um, we wish you the best of luck with parkour. Do you know what? I, I just see Jamie Carr just pulling out at the 200-metre mark, um, just weaving away through, then going to the outside and... Bang. Just nailing Storm Boy right on the post. Yeah, I don't Boy, think so. Horse. Yeah. Um, Chris A says, don't even bother turning up. Storm yeah. Boy's over the line. Yeah, he's yeah. a smart horse. Yeah. Well, you know, I finished behind him. I finished behind him there with a nice street boss, Colter, then... Yep. Sauntered his way down to Melbourne and won since. And of course, yep. put away for the for the Blue Diamond and, and Stormboy looked good, overcoming some obstacles last time, didn't he? Yep. Good yep. on you, mate. Thanks for that. Pleasure. There's James. James Cummings, Lucy Yeomans to join us straight after this. Love the music here on Giddy Up on this Tuesday morning, live from Surface Paradise for the Barrier Draw for. The two-year-old classic and the three-year-old guineas. Um, our horse that we've been following for the three-year-old guineas in Sydney Bowler is drawn barrier 17, Chris. You got any other ones there, Gary? Yes. Um, I want to know what the first tri- emergency Trifling drew. was barrier one. Who was the first emergency? Should be Show Me Mercy. Um, Show Me Mercy has drawn Show Me Mercy. Where is Show Me Mercy drawn? I can't find it. Can't find it. it. Um, there we go. Barrier 16. Show me mercy. No, that's no good. One of our favourites here on Giddy Up. We knew her before she was famous. Lucy Yeomans <laughs> joins us. Hello, Luce. I don't think I'm famous yet. Yes, you are. Must <laughs> be. Um, how are you feeling ahead of the, 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 the two-year-old classic, first of all? Because Wolfgang was impressive on debut in Adelaide. Makes his way to the Gold Coast. Um, can he win? We think he can. Um, we're applying the blinkers for the first time. He had a gallop in them this morning with Blake Shin on board, and I was probably... Didn't get much sleep last night, just worrying about it, wondering how it was going to go, but he went super. Blake was wrapped. So, um, you know, he'll need to improve a couple of lengths, but we think if the Blinkers can do that, he'll be right in the money. Sorry, I'm just looking at something here. My question was, Lucy, uh, where do you think you'll sit in the run from that lovely gate? Look, we'll leave it up to Blake, but there's normally red-hot tempos in these type of races. Lloyd was just saying as we watch the barrier draw, there seems to be a lot of the speed drawn in the middle of the field, so that should give us a nice toe. We hopefully should be... We'll, we definitely want to be the better half of midfield, but if you can be in sort of fifth, sixth, one off the fence or something like that, that would be ideal. But and, and such a massive plus to have a jockey like Blake Shin on board. I, personally, myself, I think he's the best jockey in the country. I think I love so Blake too. Um, I do too. He, um, yeah, he's riding really well and he knows the horse. He's been doing a lot of work for the stable. Um, galloped the horse this morning and went very well. And, and he's, he's sort of quietly confident, which gives us confidence. Yeah, great. 
he has had a wonderful time since he's come back from Hong Kong. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree with you. He's definitely in the conversation with J-Mac. I think oh, D-Lane. Sure. D-Lane sure. is flying Oh, at he the is moment. flying, yeah. And so is Nash. I think any four of those jockeys are in the, the, the conversation as the country's best at the moment. But um, Barrier 2, Wolfgang, and it would be quite the story if you could win a Magic Millions two-year-old classic in your first year of training, Lucy? It would be fantastic. Um, obviously, been in partnership with Lloyd since August. We've had some good success, a lot of hard luck. Yeah. You know, we ran second in a group one and, um, you know, ran lots of placings over the spring carnival. So it's it's been brilliant, yeah, to have a runner in the race and also a runner in the three-year-old Magic Millions race is... Um, it's not lost on me. I know it's a big deal. And, and Lloyd and I sat down probably before I was on the ticket, you know, April and May, and we mapped out a plan. Mm. We knew when we had to have these two-year-olds in to have them peaking at the right time. And, you know, obviously some of them haven't made it, but yep. this horse has. He's really stepped up. So it, it's, it's really fantastic to be here with him. Now, the track's currently a heavy nine. You're hoping for it to dry out a fair bit before Saturday? Yeah, well, Blake thought it was probably between a seven and an eight this morning. On okay, the, they galloped on the outside fence, so... Maybe a little bit wetter inside, but um, everyone tells me it's a very good draining track. Oh, so mm. I'm hoping it drains. You know, he, he has run and, and won on the soft before. I don't think he'll be as competitive on heavy, but soft or better, I don't think it'll slow him down. So, Luce, um, this is your first sales season now as a, as a trainer with Lloyd. Lloyd's very good at this. He's, he's, he's been able to identify horses before, and he's got some good owners in, in – and well, you've got some good owners in your stable. Um, are you enjoying this side of the game as well? Because we've seen that you've worked brilliantly with Mara and Eustace before you've been able to, to get your own ticket, but – like, I find the trainers amazing, really. It's not just about training horses. It's such a bigger business outside of that these days. Oh, absolutely. And I think Lloyd, I think that is what Lloyd is best at, is um, yep. picking talent with horses, the, the ones that are probably less obvious and a little bit of a lower budget. Um, all I've found out from this sort of week is that I've got expensive taste. Um, <laughs> all the ones that I love are the very exy, well-bred ones that we're probably not going to be buying. But... Um, you know, we've we've got a short list. We've we've looked at everything three times, and and we've got a list to sort of crack on with. But Lloyd's sort of crossed all his T's and dotted his eyes, and knows what owners he wants to put in which horses, and he has it all sort of mapped out. So I'll probably just be sitting there on the table and telling him to bid one yeah. on the horses I want. But um, he's got it all under control. Can pure paradise cause an upset? Look, she just drew barrier twenty, so yeah. no. probably not. But she's a maiden. She she's got talent. She got peak got beaten by King's Gambit on debut, um, ran, flashed home, sort of was a bit silly in the gates last weekend, was burrowing down as the gates opened and missed the kick. It was further back than we wanted, but Jamie was wrapped with her thought. She gave her a really good feel, hit the line really strongly, and I think I never looked up the sectionals, but they would have been very that good. That was a quick, quick race. I mean, um, chased home a quick one. Yeah. SEN, yep. one, SEN horse in Barassi. We've been tipping yes. for years. <laughs> He's our favourite Barassi after Saturday. Yeah. I'm Invincible, the, the Colt. Um, it was a big horse. It was. Wasn't it? it was a very big yeah. horse. Alice yeah. looked like a little baby yeah. beside him. But she she ran super. Look, she's she's very good at running second. But if yeah. she can run second on Saturday, we'll, we'll be ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> and um, how is the good colt? He's great. Um, obviously, Lloyd and I were talking before. It's a, it's a bit strange being up here, not sort of looking at him every day. You know, he's obviously a bit of sort of our proud pride and joy, and we're always sort of running our eyes over him every day. But the team at home. Are, Really happy with him. He comes in and gallops and heads back to the beach, but he's good. We're aiming to kick him off in the lightning, um, and we're still very much on target, but we do really think the new market will be his race. If, if he doesn't win the lightning, 
um, he'll get in with 50 kilos or something ridiculous. And yeah. Is it Flemington horse? Do you keep him down the straight? I'm unstoppable, the horse we're talking about, of course. I think he's he'll be good around the bend, but yep. we just know that he's so good up the straight. Um, and those races have come up. You know, we've Widden have been great. They've guaranteed we can race him until July, and then we have a have a discussion as whether he races on or goes to stud, but um, the horse is really well. It's exciting. When he when he goes to stud, that song, um, I'm Unstoppable, who sings that song? <laughs> That'll be the, like the background music. It's like Sia or something. Yeah, someone like that. Hey, Luz, congratulations. <laughs> I'm proud of you. The job that you're doing in your first season um, is extraordinary, and um, you're going to have so much success in this beautiful sport, and we wish you the best of luck on Saturday. Thank you so much. Wolfgang, um, each way all day, especially if it's dry. I thought he was impressive there yeah. on debut. We'll take a break, then we'll come back and wrap up, giddy up on the Tuesday morning live from the Gold Coast for the Magic Millions Barrier Draw.